0: Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this episode, Sharon Miller-Trackman, Director of Sales and Marketing, Worldwide Environmental Services, discusses emergency preparedness. Are you ready? Good morning. Uh, my name is Peyton Johnson, and I'm with Savills in our Occupier Services group, and it's my privilege to introduce Sharon Miller-Trackman of WestNet. Um, they're a group of critical facilities specialists, and we all know all too well how important energy continuity and resilience are today. So, I think that everyone here will find this presentation super relevant and resonant. And it's here it is for Sharon for emergency preparedness. Good. Good morning, everybody. So, as I said, I'm not a very serious person, so I have taken a little bit more of an entertaining spin on emergency preparedness. So my first question, anybody from Dallas? Did you find where, you know, and nobody? So everybody was able to reach their families. Fires in California, anybody know where anybody is? Big problem. So that's what we're here to discuss is staying in contact. So just a quick note about me, where I've been for the last two years, and I do recommend everybody taking a little break from their real world, like I got to do, and it's like being a kid at camp and doing recess all summer. But I went back to some bartending and I went back to being a substitute teacher and what I learned was how invaluable my life was that I just can't replace it and I wanted to be prepared for anything that would come about. So what we're going to do is talk a little about what you want to protect most in your world and that's both work and at home. Okay, so hard question. Has anybody been through a fire? Earthquake, tornadoes, okay. I've been through a hotel fire where seven people perished. And so I can only stress enough that you have to start thinking all the time because the unexpected will happen. So how bad would a zombie apocalypse really be? The whole idea behind this is the zombies can be anything. It can be a pandemic, it can be race riots, It can be excessive looting. It can come in any way, shape, or form. And you want to know what's going on. This article was done by a doctor from the CDC who said it was very relevant for today because a pandemic would just escalate. The movie Contagion is a real good example of how quickly I'm holding this microphone. I hand it to you. He's passed it on. So has everybody seen The Matrix or know the premise behind The Matrix, the red pill, the blue pill? I actually hadn't seen it. And my boss talked about this in a presentation. So, you know, do you want to live in your fabricated reality and everything's happy and safe and warm, fuzzy? Or do you really want to just take off those rose-colored glasses for a few minutes and think about the the worst-case scenario just so you're prepared? So, harsh reality versus blissful ignorance. I think I spent most of my life in blissful ignorance thinking it's just not going to happen to me. But things do happen, so I'm now aware and prepared. So, for based on the generation, you might remember this movie, The Day After. I remember being asked to watch it in a college class. Um, and it was done in, I believe, 1983. It was the most and still one of the highest-rated television movies of its time, and it was about a nuclear war. And we were in kind of a a very precarious situation with Russia at the time, and it talked a lot about how unprepared we were. And do you decide that you want to live through it or go down fighting? And it made me start to realize, as I was preparing for this, Is the end of the world, the end of humanity, or the end of humanity as we know it? So when you think about the word apocalypse, it's really change. It's not the total destruction of the world, but our world will be very different. Looting, shortage of water, shortage of supplies, human nature will change. Some quick frightening statistics that I want you to keep in the back of your head. If we were to lose the grid and the grid goes down in America, New York City has 90 minutes of supplies. That is a horrifying statistic. So in 90 minutes, every bit of food and water will be taken. I live in the suburbs outside of Philadelphia. I have four to five hours. That is staggering. So these things are happening. There are blackouts, there are tsunamis, there is terrorism. That was world trade down there. I guess it you know, didn't come through. Those things did happen. Ah, there it goes. <laughs> there might still be some animation in, in there after all. These things could happen. Twisters, uh, volcanoes, the towering inferno. Sadly, that's pretty much what the towers were like. Um, when you get to this screen, it becomes a little more possible but not totally realistic. There's contagion. That is pretty much what would what it would be like. Would there be a geostorm? Eh, I don't know. Could happen. The Last Ship, though. Has anybody watched The Last Ship? Really great show but ended badly. They like wrapped it up too quick. Um, but that's about them finding the cure for a terrible pathogen. Um, pretty unlikely scenarios. 30 days of night. Vampires, who knows? Uh, Independence Day, The Happening. Who lives in the Northeast like I do, where the trees become killers? It's M. Night Shyamalan. um But these are some things I think you should take note of. Uh, the book, One Second After, and there's a series, One Year After, and The Final Day. When I started at my job, I was asked to read it. I suggest you get the series of books. It is a frightening, realistic view of what will happen. Another staggering thought, there are three waves of death if the power goes out. The first one in 72 hours. That's majority of food poisoning and anybody who's on uh, preventative devices. Your second wave of death is around 21 days. You've now run out of most food supplies. Long-term effects are kicking in. The third wave of death is when everybody's off their meds. Considering if the day the power goes out, you have a full 30-day supply. But then that's where the crazy starts setting in. So the series of books, the one second after, one year after, the final day, has been read by the Senate and the House and has been used as a source of education of what we would do. Does anybody know what an EMP stands for? Okay, you just won the $5 Starbucks card. An electromagnetic pulse. It's a frightening concept. It can be as small as a handheld walking into a professional building, clicking a button. Nobody feels anything, but all the power stops. Everything goes down. Your cell phones, your toilets won't flush. You have no lights. Or it could be 18 miles overhead, and within hours, everything shuts down. So these are extreme scenarios, but you need to step back and think what those extremes could be. And here was the question. Would you accept your fate? Would you just you know, kick back like my husband and I who said we have a bottle of vodka and a bottle of rum and all my oxys from my previous knee surgeries and go down drunk and happy? Or do you have families and children and you are going to fight to the finish? You know, do you want to live in that apocalyptic world? So all I'm asking you to do is... Oh, (laughs) I know. My sister was so creeped out by that picture. I'm asking you to just open your mind a little. Think of the extremes but know that they could happen. The reality is our tomorrow could look very much like yesterday. If we end up losing power for any reason, we go back to pre-industrial revolution. The planet can't sustain us. Another staggering fact, within one, ne- one year, nearly 90% of the human race will be gone. So these are the three things that you really want to walk away with. Knowledge means awareness, awareness is resiliency, and resiliency saves lives. And I'm doing this in the pretense that you think about this both at work and at home. Just because you're prepared in one does not mean you're prepared in the other. Fact is, the grid is very, very fragile here. We have built a precarious society, and this is how we're living day to day and not really being totally prepared. Today's headlines. These are horrifying to me. This is what's in the paper all the time. These are real, live situations. Record-breaking snow now. We know about the fires. We know about paradise. Gone. Totally gone. So wouldn't it be great if we all had our bat utility belt? And you can make your own utility belt at home and at work. So proactive preparedness versus... Reactive panic. So let's see what you need to have your utility belt. First thing you want to do is plan. Simple. The difference between work and home is just where the idea came up. At work, it's probably around a conference table. All the brain power sitting around. I heard about an active shooter. Oh my gosh, my plant had a tornado. There was a flood and my data center isn't working. What do I do? At home, it's... The heads of households sitting around going, we've got kids, we've got kittens, do we have food, where do the children go, how do I get home? These are the plans that you need to think about. So to understand your sense of security and increase your peace of mind, review your threats, assess your risks, address your vulnerabilities, and weigh cost to loss. Now, cost to loss, you think of it in business terms only, because... Do I want to make such an investment? Uh, It might not happen. You don't really know. But why would you take that chance? Practice, discuss, identify, know, be aware, and locate. Talk about these things at the office, at home. Know what's around you. That's really important to be prepared in your location. Look for early warning signs. There are things out there, watch the news, be, be aware, be prepared. There are three levels of an emergency evacuation. And based on what the level is, is going to be based on your reaction. Ah, this is kind of an inconvenience, ah, oh, it's a storm, the power went down. Uh, it's cold enough outside, I can take my food outside. I'll get a shower tomorrow. Level two, you are really stressing out you have a little bit of a warning, the alarms are going off, you maybe have time to run out of a building, you have time to get into a shelter, but then you get to level three. And most people are literally deer in the headlights. No idea what to do. People panic. That's why the plan has to be in place. If you have time to do a grab and go, and then you're very lucky if you do, but is the grab and go in the best place? Is it in your car and you can't get into your home? Is it in your home and you can get out, but are you at work? So you want to start thinking about what would be in your grab-and-go and and where that grab-and-go is going to be hidden. Main point I want to make is a thumb drive. Everybody, go home. Get yourself a drive. Either put it in a fire-safe box or keep it on your person, Everything that's important needs to be on here. A copy of your passport, your will, your home possessions. You need pictures of your house so you can claim if there's, you know, insurance on it. So think about that. That's real, real important. So grab and go bags are everywhere. You can buy them online. You can go to Walmart. You can do it for $30. You could do it for $3,000. They're out there. And there's family checklists to follow. Just like in the office, there's disaster preparedness checklists. Easy enough to follow. Go online. Red Cross, government, they all have them out there. This isn't rocket science, um, but we don't think about it. Again, bug out bags, water filters, emergency food, a crank radio. They're all there and you want to keep them in your house, keep them in your car, keep them under your desk. For one thing, if I'm wearing heels at work, there's always a pair of sneakers in my car. I never leave my house or my office without a full water bottle. There is a blanket and there is a collection of plastic bags if it's cold. Because boy, I'll tell you, when I was out of power for five and a half days last year, I wore garbage bags under my clothes and it retains the heat. It was the only thing I could do to stay warm. Survival foods come pre-made kits, power bars, peanut butter, cashew butter, um, some sodas. One of the things that I do now, again, is we keep a two-week supply in my house. We're not into the guns and the weapons and everything. We just want to be able to make a fair choice. But what we do is you want to be able to rotate your food out So what we do is this year for the holidays, all of our food will be donated because everything's dated 2021. But still, once a year, you want to recirculate that. So it's a good way of doing something good for someone else and paying it forward. So just a a takeaway. There are solar cookers. I really didn't know that. Pretty cool. So you can keep your food going. You know, we have an electric grill. That's not going to do me much good if there's no power. Solar chargers. This is what the prize is. So, a solar charger like this. This is five full charges cell phone to computer. Keep it hanging off the back of your backpack. It'll always stay go. It will always go. You can't fully charge it solar, but it'll keep you going. One of you will walk away with that tonight, today, now, Um, this morning. Emergency vehicle kit, you can find those at AAAs and, you know, any kind of auto place. Always good to keep that in the back of your car. Lighters and survival knives, we know the zombies are coming somehow, someway. It's a stab right to the brain. Kitchen knives work too. You know, if you bought a new set, take the old chopping knife and throw that in. Great. Um, Lighters, matches. Check those also once a year. The matches should be in plastic baggies. And the lighters, you always want to check and make sure they work. You can buy them, you know, the dollar store packets. There was a bit of a typo in my presentation. Was it a secret staff or a secret stash? Well, I decided it could be a little bit of both. So one of the things I recommend aside from your secret stash is either hide in plain sight or hide it quite well. What's the secret staff? That's you. That's you guys going home, making a plan, going to your office and sitting down at your next staff meeting and saying, okay, yeah, we have fire drills. Do we have anything else? What if the water system breaks and the basement floods? Do we know that? So you are your own secret staff. And what's my key takeaway? Shit happens. I mean, I really don't know any other way to sum it up these things, this is our world now. We are seeing changes in environment, in temperature, in water levels, in increase. We had an earthquake in the Northeast a couple, of we- uh, a couple of years ago. Those of us, I talked with someone who lived like a mile from the epicenter yesterday. This is the new normal. So that being your takeaway that shit happens, please go home, think about this, Think of the staggering statistics and the little things you can do to save your family, yourselves, and your work environment. Now, underneath your chair, unlike yesterday's speaker who had everybody bending down and looking under their chair for a post-it, there is a backup charger taped to a chair. Go look. It's yours when you find it. And we have a winner. Thank you very much for your time and attention. I really appreciated it. It was a lot of fun. Go home, be safe. Thank you for tuning into What's Next. Have an idea or point of view? Want to record a podcast of your own? Visit cornetglobal.org podcast.